In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. Hopefully the intro, Tito Africa gave it away who we've got. We're here with Mark Schofield, the quarterback guru. How are you, sir? Paul, I am fantastic. It is always a blast to be with you. Really excited to be here. Always appreciate the Africa intro. And I'm excited to talk about these four guys, these four quarterbacks here for the Cleveland Browns. If Jack hasn't pull it on, there's going to be big trouble, I'm afraid to say. Yeah, I mean, I'll, he'll have to answer to me. I know he's got a new gig. I'm, I'm excited to hear about his new job, but I'll have to give him a little bit of stick if, I don't, if that hasn't come through. <laughs> all right, excellent. So, yeah, today's going to be all about um, the Browns quarterback room. Um, I think it's quite clear that Mayfield's got the starting uh, role. But a question for you. Where do you rate Baker Mayfield in the top 32 uh, of the NFL quarterbacks? You know, it's a fantastic question, and it's a fascinating one to think about. I always like to tier quarterbacks. I always envision, say, that top group, the elite guys, the Breeze, the Wilsons, the Bradys, the guys that, you know, are worth every single penny that they're being paid. And then sort of the next tier, the guys that you win games because of, Matt Ryans, and maybe you could have, you know, maybe a Matthew Stafford in there perhaps. And then there's sort of that next year that are guys that you win games with that are good quarterbacks that can elevate the level of play and the teammates around them at times. And that's where I'd put Baker Mayfield right now. And I'd put him near the top of that list. And we've seen him sort of from time to time elevate the level of play in his teammates, particularly that Thursday night game against the Jets when he first came in. You just knew it was his team. And so I, I think that puts him kind of at like 12 to 15 range in terms of quarterbacks in the NFL today. And for a guy making his first full year as a starter, a second-year quarterback, that's pretty good. I mean, I, I would have him graded the highest out of all the rookie quarterbacks from you know, last year's first round. And it would not surprise me, Paul, at all if when this year is over, you know, however it ends up for the Cleveland Browns, he's got himself into the, you know, that second tier, that tier right above him. You know, because when you look at the weapons that Cleveland has added, when you look at you know, how Freddie Kitchens has styled this offense and we, how we expect them to look offensively, it's going to be an offense tailored to his skill set with weapons around him. That defense looks to be as good as they were last year. They'll create some turnovers. He should have a very good year, and I'm pretty confident he'll get into that next year. Yeah, some of the, uh, some of the people are saying a top 10 quarterback today. Obviously, yeah. we're not talking about his uh, ceiling. We're talking about today. And uh, yeah, where would you see him in three years' time? Could you see him in that elite? I think it's he, he certainly has that potential, both from a trait-based perspective and from a mental makeup perspective and a competitive toughness perspective, to get into that elite tier. And I think if you asked him right now, you know, that's where he wants to go. And the amazing thing about Baker Mayfield is he does not look like the guy you want to bet against. He has that competitive fire. I remember the first time I was on with you guys, and you know, I used the phrase, he doesn't want to beat you. He just he wants to slit your throat at the 50-yard line and watch you die. I mean, that's what he wants to do. And the great ones have that sort of 
competitive streak, that inner fire where they don't just want to win. They want to eliminate you. They want to erase you. I mean, I'm sure Tom Brady has a similar mental makeup. And it doesn't surprise me to see them headed out at the Kentucky Derby and spending some time together because it seems like those would be two guys who would have that same sort of feel and approach. Guys that were walk-ons or not recruited and you know, one was obviously pick 199 that guys that still walk around with that chip on their shoulder. And so I'm not surprised to see them somewhat take a shine to each other. And so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. If we're doing this show three years from now, it would not surprise me at all if Baker's now in that elite category of quarterbacks. Where could you see him uh, struggling this year? Well, the interesting thing in year two for quarterbacks is now defensive coordinators have had a year of film on you. You know, they will be spending the entire offseason getting ready. They know what you like to do. They know where you tend to look on third and lawn. They know sort of your mannerisms as a quarterback, the things that you will do when you feel pressure, how you'll respond to different blitzes, how you handle rotating coverages. And so the task incumbent upon all sort of second-year quarterbacks is, okay, now when you're starting to see some different things, some things that you haven't seen before, how quickly do you – diagnose that and make the right decisions how quickly do you fix whatever mistakes you might make and the one thing about baker is he played a long time at oklahoma and by the time he left campus he had seen everything the big 12 defenses had thrown at him and they had thrown a lot of different looks at him and he always had that sort of ability to overcome it and so i think that like unlike some other of these second year quarterbacks like say they're josh allen's that didn't see a ton of different looks in college or you know even in some sense of sam Darnold, who just wasn't there a long time at usc Baker's seen a lot from a schematic point of view. And people sometimes make fun of Big 12 defenses. Oh, it's the Big 12. They don't play defense. The Big 12 is sort of on the cusp of new defensive philosophies because they're the ones out there trying to keep up with what these offenses are doing. And so he's going to see some – he's already seen some stuff that teams are going to be trying, you know, next this upcoming season to throw at them. And so I think he'll sort of be ahead of the curve. You know, so I think that, yeah, there'll be some struggles and there'll be some things that fool him at times, but I think he's going to rebound from those pretty quickly. A few of the Browns fans, including myself, had a little bit of a laugh that he's put on a few pounds over the summer. I think that's gonna... Brady's put on some weight too. I mean, you, one of the things that is always interesting about rookies when they get into the NFL is it for a lot of these guys, you know, even Oklahoma that usually plays into the playoffs, you're playing 12, 13 games. 16-game schedule is new. You know, and so you'll put on some weight, but that will help you. Like right now, Tom Brady's added some weight in his lower body because near the end of his season, he lost some lower body strength. People were wondering if he had a knee injury. So a little bit of weight, a little bit of extra pounds on the frame, it's going to help you because, you know, the course of a 16-game season, it's a grind. You lose weight. And so you start from a bigger spot that will help you maintain your strength through the course of a season. And for a quarterback especially, you need that lower body strength. You need that leg drive to generate velocity, generate torque. And look, you know, added a couple of pounds here and there. It doesn't hurt anybody. At least that's what I try myself. I try to tell myself as I pat the belly I'm holding. I'm in, I'm in the same boat. I put five kilos on, so uh, <laughs> I, uh, and I don't play quarterback, so something needs to change. Yeah, well, you know, you get get a little jog in here and there. It'll be good. So we've got three other uh, quarterbacks on on the roster. How do you see it panning out? And is there any going to be any surprises at all? I mean, I, I think the real sort of surprise in the camp battle that's going to unfold is for that third spot. You know, maybe it's that QB3 practice squad spot. I think Drew Stanton probably has a position solidified on this roster. And we were talking, Paul, before we started recording. I sort of – I would compare him to, say, the Josh McGowan 
of this team. You know, when Sam Darnold was drafted last year, Josh McDonald really sort of took Sam Darnold under his wing and served as, you know, part backup, part offensive coordinator. You know, he was just sort of a mentor to him. You know, it was that extra set of eyes, that extra set of, you know, ears. You know, when you come off the field and you've made a mistake, sometimes you don't want to hear from your coach. You don't want your coach yelling at you. So sometimes to have, in some sense, a peer to sort of say, look, what did you see? Tell me what you were thinking. Tell me why you made that throw, why you made that decision. To have a sounding board, in a sense, that isn't a coach will help. And so I think that's the role that he was brought on to serve. Similar in some sense to how Tyrod Taylor helped Baker Mayfield last year, sort of a sounding board and that extra set of a veteran-type presence that can tell you, look, you know, I've seen similar things like this is how you should probably read that. And so I think that's what he'll be asked to do. You know, if, God forbid, something happens to Baker, he's probably the guy that would come in and take the snaps. But his main job, I would guess, is to serve as an advisor and a mentor to Baker Mayfield. Now, behind him, I'm very interested in that battle, like I said, for that third spot, because you've got Garrett Gilbert, who's just coming off a rather interesting period of time where, you know, another veteran guy, you know, had been around the league for a while, came into the league in 2014, but spent some time in the AAF you know, under Steve Spurrier and did some interesting things with Steve Spurrier and that, you know, Orlando Apollo's offense, they were throwing it all over the place. We know Steve Spurrier loves to slant it. The old ball coach, they were running a lot of NFL concepts. I was studying a lot of their tape and you could see some NFL things and NFL throws with him. But by contrast, you've got David Blau, who is a fascinating kid. Um, got a chance to hear from him a couple of years ago at the Big Ten Media Days. He was the keynote speaker out of Chicago, you know, a couple of summers ago where they have, you know, all the coaches come and they talk about their teams, but then they have a, a luncheon and they have one student athlete give a speech. And his was amazing. You know, he had an injury, so he lost some time to Elijah Sinclair, who was the backup quarterback at Purdue, but came back from that, throws a nice ball at times, can do some stuff in the downfield passing game, really tough leader type kid, and sort of in a Baker Mayfield role. Um, obviously not as talented, but I think the contrast between those two guys, you know, Gilbert and Blau is going to be fascinating to watch. Can you see the Browns uh, saving some money and getting rid of Stanton and uh, maybe having them two as the backups? It's possible. I mean, if you if they go through training camp and they realize that, look, you know, in a sense, Garrett Gilbert could serve that sort of mentor type role that we're asking Drew Stanton to serve, you know, then I could see that happening. But you know, one of the things about Drew Stanton over the years is, you know, he's a guy that's viewed as that type of mentor type player you look at some of the spots that he's been you know obviously he was with Arizona for a while spent some time in Indianapolis where he sort of helped um, Andrew Luck when they were dealing with that injury you know Detroit for a while um, when was helping helping a little bit with um, Matthew Stafford you know that's kind of what he's been viewed as that's kind of the you know the long-term backup guy that can help out the starting quarterback and serve as a mentor role but you know if they decide that you know he doesn't bring a lot to the table other than that. And maybe Garrett Gilbert can serve in that capacity, but can give us a little bit more in terms of upside. Should one of these guys have to see the field, then maybe they could go in that direction, you know, and maybe you could have Blau be in that, you know, definitive third quarterback practice squad type guy. So that's certainly a possibility. I think it's more likely that the role was standard, but it could happen. Here we go. A question for you. I'm not sure on this. If you're inactive, can you actually sit next to Baker Mayfield or you have to be in the stands? Or No, I mean, inactive players are allowed to be on the sidelines. 
Um, you, you've seen that, you know, time and time again, where, you know, guys that are inactive, whether they're hurt, injured, whatever, um, they're still allowed to be on the sideline. So he could still serve in that capacity. Yeah. I was wondering if you, if you uh, had a gun to your head and you had to choose one of them for your third quarterback, which one would you go with? I mean, I think right now, I think Gilbert probably is the guy that I would look to to be that third quarterback because, you know, when you see what he was able to do in the AEF, and yeah, it's a simplified defense that you're going up against. They can't really blitz from the outside. They can only bring five rushers, and so you're not facing all-out blitz-type situations. So, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of that aspect to it where it wasn't the most difficult environment, but he still played extremely well, you know, showed some pocket toughness, threw a beautiful ball at times. And so I think that is probably going to give him a nod over David Blau, who does some nice things. But, you know, when I really studied him last summer in preparation for, you know, the upcoming draft, I didn't really see an NFL-type quarterback. I saw maybe a guy that could play in the CFL or maybe the XFL down the road or even the AEF. But I didn't really, wasn't really walking away thinking, this is a guy that could run an NFL offense someday. So I would give the nod to Gilbert out of the two. Okay, excellent. Can you see um... – David becoming a uh, backup NFL quarterback? You know, I think with time and with some development, he could. Um, that was probably going to be his ceiling as a quarterback in the league anyway. It was, you know, a long-term backup type of guy. You know, the thing that he does have going for him, in a similar sense as Make Baker does, is sort of that, you know, leadership aspect to him, which, let's face it, quarterback is a position about leadership. You have to inspire the men around you. Even as a rookie, we saw Baker Mayfield do that. And that's something that David Blau brings to the table. He does bring some athleticism, some pocket toughness, some ability in the downfield passing game. And so, you know, there is a foundation of traits and skills that he brings that will translate to the National Football League. He'll need some time. That Purdue offense wasn't the most complex system. But I think, you know, a year or two down the road, if he makes the practice squad here in Cleveland, gets a chance to sort of stick around some NFL coaching and development, you could develop into a number two quarterback in this league, sure. Excellent. And uh, last question regarding the Browns. Where do you see the Browns finishing up this season? Well, the interesting thing about Cleveland now is the expectations have arrived. You know, anytime you look at an offseason like the Cleveland Browns have had, you acquire Odell Beckham. You know, we see Baker Mayfield, and now people are talking about him like a top 10 quarterback in this league. You know, some of the other additions that they've made via free agency or trades, you know, you add – Olivier Vernon to put him across from Miles Garrett, add him to a defense that generated a ton of turnovers last year. The expectations are high. And then when you look around, you know, the rest of the AFC North, you know, the Ravens made the playoffs last year, but we'll see how teams adjust to Lamar Jackson, another second year quarterback. The Steelers have lost some big pieces in Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Maybe they're not as good. And Cincinnati, still the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, the expectations are high that the Cleveland Browns should win this division, make the playoffs, and perhaps make a run. And I think they live up to that. You know, I think they do win this division. I think they have sort of a, a 10 and 6 type of season. They make the playoffs, maybe even get a first round bye, you know, depending on all the rest of the AFC fairs. Now, how they do beyond that sort of remains to be seen. And like I said, I started the answer with expectations. You know, they're not going to surprise anybody. They're not going to sneak up on people. Teams are going to be ready to play them now. You know, it will start with the top, start with Freddie Kitchens and inspiring this team to live up to those expectations. Obviously, number six as well is going to have to sort of take charge, make it his team. I think they'll live up to that. And you know, once you get in, anything can happen. I mean, we've seen teams make runs from the sixth seed. We've seen teams as the one seed lose. So once they get in, 
anything can happen, especially if you get that first round by and start on, you know, start out at home in that playoff journey. And so I think they win the division and what happens from there remains to be seen. Excellent. Thank you very much, Mark. And my last question to you is, are we going to meet up this year? Are we going to meet Browns Jets this year? I think I can find my way up to New York City for that one. I mean, look, let's face it. When the schedule was going to be announced, I was clamoring for that Browns at Patriots on opening night. I thought that would have been fantastic. But let's face it, with these expectations comes the interest. And I think the Browns are going to be a team that people want to see. And I've said on shows before, look, they're appointment television now. When they're on prime time, if you don't have Sunday ticket, get it. You're going to want to watch this team. And so I think I might have to get up there for that one, Paul. It'd be fantastic to have a point with you before the game, too. Mate, I look forward to it. As do I, my friend. And what, what, what's your view on everything going on the Jets at the moment? It's a bit of a stunning day. I mean, look, I, the, the timing does seem odd, but having this sort of post-draft change of the guard shouldn't really surprise people. We see this a lot, mostly with the scouting side, where you get rid of all your scouts after the draft. You don't want to, like, fired your scouts in like March or April right before the draft because look these are the people that have done the work the interesting thing seems to be that sort of you know listening to some of the reporting coming out of New York City reading between the lines it seems like they almost viewed this offseason as like a test for them which is a little bit odd considering they spent what 190 million dollars in contracts with Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley they let them make the third overall pick I mean look they were going to draft Quinn Williams either way but that's a interesting test to put in front of somebody maybe just sit them down and talk to them don't say hey here's the future to our franchise what are you going to do with it oh okay well now you're fired that that seems a little bit off but you know maybe daniel jeremiah now goes from the nfl network to become their new general manager so maybe that's the new path i mean paul that's what you should do get that nfl network job and maybe when dorsey decides to retire you're the next gm of the cleveland browns well, look, I even, last time uh, Daniel was on the show, I even joked to him. I said to him, look, mate, you're going to be a GM soon. And he said, not going to happen. And look, today, all the news is he's rumored to do it. Yeah, I, I think he will. Um, and look, he's got the scouting background and people think the world of him. And everybody you talk to about Daniel, look, you know from having Ron, he knows this stuff inside and out. He's a great guy. Everybody thinks the world of him, highly respected person. And so I, I think, you know, in talking to some people today, nobody was really surprised to see that Daniel Jeremiah was linked to a front office job because we all knew that he was going to go back to it at some point. And if you've got the opportunity to take over a franchise like the New York Jets with a rookie quarterback, that's one you want to take advantage of. Yeah, Daniel said to me that the difference between him and Mike is that he, uh, he played the game and Daniel didn't really play the game, so... Yeah, I mean, there is that, but still, I mean, he knows the game and he knows these players and he knows the process and he knows what it takes to sort of do the work. And, you know, anytime you see him on TV or away from a screen, he knows this stuff inside and out. Excellent. All right, Mark, thank you so much for the overview of the quarterbacks. It's been a pleasure getting you on and I look forward to seeing you in America soon. And any chance to come to England or... I got to get over there. I got to get over there. I, my wife and I have been talking about traveling with the kids. And look, we love London. We love the time we spent over there a couple of years ago. And when we do, my first stop after the nearest pub to Heathrow is to see you, my friend. Mate, trust me, the pubs around Heathrow aren't very good. Get yourself into uh, central London. You'll be fine. It sounds good, my friend. Always a blast to be with you, Paul. Take care.
See you, buddy. Take care.